Hello and welcome to Rewind Design. My name is Katie McNabb and I am your host of this podcast. If you're new here, you have jumped right into season two of this podcast. And to give you a little background, I'm a registered interior designer here in Ontario's cottage countries. That includes Muskoka, Georgian Bay, Perry Sound, all of these areas that we all call cottage country I live and work in every day. If you are new here and you've never listened to this podcast, well, thank you so much for clicking and I hope you enjoy this episode. Yeah, a little background is that I started this podcast about a year and a half ago and it all started with my deep, deep interest of history of this area. So if you go back and listen to previous episodes, I speak a lot about history of individual cottagers, cottages, their journey of how they ended up being cottagers, and then the history behind their property, their land, and buildings, and what's changed over time. So if you're interested in that, you can go take a look at some previous episodes. I would recommend Sadie on Action Island is a really good one. Otherwise, now we're moving into season two. This episode focuses more so on sustainability in cottage country. So you've landed in an episode about green roofing. So this is a very, very fun episode with Zinco Canada, and I speak to Jordan all about what is green roofing? How is it sustainable? You know, what type of plants can we put on the roof? Are they perennials? Are they annuals? We talk about all of how that all works and how it makes sense in cottage country. So if that interests you, take a listen to the episode and follow, like, please rate the podcast five stars if you love it. It really helps other people find the podcast. And yeah, I just like to say thank you so, so much for listening. And a big thanks to the King Family Bursary for sponsoring this season two and to the Georgian Bay Land Trust. Okay, thanks so much. All right. Hello, Jordan. How are you? I'm well. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you so much. Um, And welcome to Rewind Design. And um, yeah, we've got Jordan from Zinco Green Roofs, and it's pronounced Zinco. Is that correct? Zinco, yeah. Zinco. Okay, cool. So we're just going to jump right into it here. So there's three of you that started this company, correct? Yeah, so there's a, it's of? a bit of a, yeah, kind of bit of a story um so we love a good story so I tell put, the story <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah starting off starting off hot um myself my two colleagues jeremy and steven you kind of reached out to the three of us we played rugby together in uh university so we all did our undergrad at the university of guelph uh and so we all are a few kind of years apart um but I think I was in maybe second or third year so I was 20 or 21 and I have an undergrad in plant science which kind of you know leads me to the, the green roof area but basically jeremy and steven have this idea of starting a green roof company but they're like we need a we need a plant guy if we're going to be putting plants on roofs so they approached me and i said yeah i mean let's let, you know let's do this little do this little endeavor here uh and so we ended up buying product off a company that was not zinco um and we installed it on my parents shed so my parents were willing to be the guinea pig so they let I us i think i saw that on know, instagram just, yeah, we had no idea what we were doing. We we're just like, yeah, my parents were, you know, kind enough. I think we, you know, first endeavor we bought the materials. We we're planning on making any money. I think we each lost maybe two hundred bucks on that. You know, not a very profitable, you know, but you're starting out, right? What can you do? Um, and then the so that went pretty well. We're like, okay, we could do this. Uh, and then we went to my grandparents. So we're just like going through the family members. Like, hey, do you guys want a green roof? So we just like they got a shed. They're like, you want to? And then. Um, 
after that, you know, that, that didn't really pan out. Uh, we kind of all, you know, went back to school, rugby started up again, you know, we stayed busy. We couldn't keep this little, you know, potential side hustle going. Uh, but my colleague Jeremy and I went to the Toronto building show uh, with the intention of finding a new supplier for green roof material. So we met one of the legacy owners of Zinco and uh, at the Toronto building show. And, you know, not, you know, we're two kind of, I don't want to say Bush League looking guys, but we weren't the most, you know, they probably were to prioritize other people over us. Zinco was kind enough to give us the time of day. And so we were like, yeah, well, we want to buy some product off you next summer and be one of your installers. And they were like, okay, we're pretty into that. And that's sort of how we got involved with Zinco. And then um, we all sort of went down different career paths. So Jeremy, uh, he decided to go work for a Fortune 500 company. He was on like a nice, you know, sort of program track there. And then he jumped ship to Zinco shortly after starting there. So he maybe did a year or two there. It was like, this isn't for me. I want to do something a bit more rewarding. So jumped to Zinco, which at the time was two full-time employees. Uh, so he was the third one in, I guess. And then uh, Steven, my colleague, did a master's in environmental science. And then uh, me being a little bit younger, uh, I decided to do a master's at the University of Guelph. So I joined the latest. So Steven and Jeremy... Uh, are the owners of Zinco, I guess, to, to fast track, they, they each own, uh, you know, an equal stake. And then I'm sort of the third guy, the third guy in, if you will, just a, just a humble employee, a humble green roof employee. But we do have, you know, there is a bit of a, a background for sure. And whereabouts are you located? Do you have an office now? Is it remote? No, we're, we got a full office warehouse. Uh, you know, we got test plots we do a lot of our own product development and house and all that stuff and we're located in carlisle ontario so we're kind of suburb of hamilton but very north okay awesome that's so cool and um so i guess in terms of sustainability like the reason why i wanted to talk to you guys is because i'm an interior designer up here in muskoka georgian bay perry sound area and i'm looking for ways to make the buildings here a bit more sustainable and eco-friendly. And I wanted to talk to you about that, if that's possible to do up here, really. Before we get into that, maybe I can ask you like what your main type of clientele is right now and the most of the work that you're doing right now. For sure. Yeah. Good question. And, you know, the, to truthfully answer that, we'll, we'll never turn down anyone. Uh, so we do, you know, a job as small as like, again, you know, the, the humble beginnings, we'll do something as small as a shed. And uh, we currently are working on the biggest green roof in Ontario. So we have, you know, a huge variability in the products we offer and the clients we deal with. Uh, me personally, I deal with the residential work, so I'm much on the smaller side. Uh, so I'm probably more aligned with what you're doing uh, up north, dealing with dealing with clients, dealing with homeowners. And then uh, my colleagues, Jeremy and Steven, are much more on the commercial uh, industrial scale and multi-unit residential as well. So a lot of metropolitan work, Toronto, Hamilton, uh, some work in the KW, that kind of thing. And then I'm a little bit more variable. Uh, we'll go all the way all the way to Sarnia. Um, we'll go all the way to Kingston, and then uh, we're Canada wide as well. So we'll do stuff in Vancouver is a nice hub for us in Montreal, and then any size of any job in any of those centers. That's amazing. So you're really Canada wide then. Truly Canada wide. Now you know we 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 cluster around like the metropolitan hubs, of course, right? So Vancouver, yeah, Montreal, Toronto, yeah, denser population, and they have you know they they see more of a it's a numbers game for them, right? Because it helps them manage their stormwater. So, um, you know, from like a 
taxpayer standpoint, like a water treatment standpoint, it makes more sense economically to be to have green use in those areas. Uh, but you know, like you touched on the the biodiverse and the eco friendly stuff, it still applies to the residential level for sure. For sure, yeah, and that's um, yeah, really what I'm interested in learning more about. So this is this is great to talk to you. So, what is the benefit more so in a residential application in that sense then? Yeah, super good question. So to maybe start with the numbers, because that's what a lot of people want to see, uh, you get a insulation value to it. So green roofs are great insulators. You get a lot of water storage associated with them and water is a great insulator. Uh, so if you have it over like your, you know, the actual area of the home where you're living in and you're heating and you're cooling, uh, you get a get an added benefit to that area uh, of the home or the whole home if you're, you're lucky enough to cover uh, your whole home in a green roof. You know, you also get sort of a, a stormwater benefit. So you've had a few clients that have said, you know, my basement's constantly flooding. You know, I have poor, you know, eaves or whatever. So it can help in that respect. Uh, you get the, obviously the emotional benefit being around greenery. That's a big, big benefit. You get the biodiversity piece too. So if you're, you know, up in Muskoka, Perry Sound, wherever you are, you know, you're disturbing nature by putting a home there and you can, you know, return some of that nature by, you know, putting a green roof with uh, like, native perennials, which give you a benefit to, you know, native invertebrates, pollinators, birds, etc. That's so cool. That's really, really, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. That's so awesome. But yeah, I guess like how exactly does that system work in a cottage specific application? Because I know up here, we're really exposed to the four crazy seasons, like the freeze, the thaw and everything. So what happens in the winter, I guess, <laughs> like when everything's frozen and dead? Super good question. So, uh, you know, it is a challenge in Canada, like any sort of, you know, building construction is a challenge in Canada because you got, uh, you have a 60 degree temperature swing, right? You can go from plus 30 to minus 30 within eight months or, or so. So um, it's definitely a challenge, but just like, you know, any ground level landscaping or any, um, you know, other native perennials that are, you know, maybe just existing in the wild, they're going to go dormant in the winter and then they're going to come back in the spring. Uh, so your roof uh, in the fall would be, you know, sort of, you'd have, we get a lot of rain, you'd have some snow, you get some freeze thaw. So your roof would be, you know, sort of filled with frozen water, if you will. So you get that insulation value from that frozen water being in your roof and then the plants will go dormant. And then once nice weather hits in the spring, then they pop back up and start thriving again. That's amazing. Yeah, that's really, really cool. Um Okay, another question. So where do you initially grow this greenery? Like, where does it come from? How do you decide what type of plants you're going to be planting on the green roof? Does it vary where you go in Canada? Absolutely. Yeah, that's a super good question. So Canada being pretty vast, when you say like, I'm, you know, I want to plant native perennials, uh, native perennials differ from, you know, Ontario to BC, of course, right? Mm. Uh, and that's definitely a big um you know, target for us and a target for the industry is try to plant as many native perennials. So if we're talking Ontario locally, uh, we grow several of our own plant species. Um, and if we can't meet the demand, like if it's a very large project and we can't supply it, we contract grow out the rest. Okay. Uh, but we do grow and we try to prioritize native perennials, uh, which is, of course, we have a you know a list of about, we'll say 27 species long uh right now that we are fairly confident in putting in a you know a green roof or having in a green roof like setting 
and then we use a lot of sedum species as well. So those are like a classic green roof staple. So they're like these little succulent-like cacti-like plants. Okay. Uh, and they're extremely drought tolerant. There's some like pretty cool research out there. Some of them can go like 40 days, zero water, come back, you know, no problem. So they're, you know, they're like a tough to kill house plant, but you put them on a green roof. So those are like a staple. And we usually like to mix in native perennials with those because uh, there's a bit of a synergistic effect there. And you get like nice greenery all year round, even in times of drought. Uh, mm. So it helps your roof be a little bit more resilient. So, yeah. Okay. And I guess in terms of the maintenance as well of any green roof that you have, no matter what species you have, it, do you tend to use things, like you said, this, I can't remember what you said, but the small succulent little type plant. Yeah, sedums. Yeah, they, little sedums, yeah. You won't have to water them for many, many days, but is that typical for all of the other species too, like their low maintenance as well? Yeah, so it, it's, yeah, super good question. It depends. And, you know, every species sort of has a range. Uh, and again, we're fortunate enough to do a lot of like quality control testing in house. So I could say, you know, if it's maybe a cottage, for example, where the owners are only going to be there maybe, you know, once every couple of weeks or something like that, uh, then okay, it, it, I'm going to probably recommend a different plant palette to someone, you know, maybe a young family who's really keen and into it and wants a really biodiverse uh, plant palette and it's going to be there. And if there's maybe a prolonged drought, like the one we're experiencing in Southern Ontario right now, they can hit it with a hose, uh, and give it a bit of water. So we really like to customize, uh, to what the homeowner wants. And that's something that like, that's the favorite part of my job. Uh, my background's plant science. So when a homeowner's like, you know, this is, this is what I'm looking for. This is my lifestyle. This is what I want to get out of it. That's like, you know, or I'm pretty into it. And then the aesthetic portion, right? Like we want to, we want you to be able to enjoy looking at it every day and we want to be able to, you know, we want the um, naturalized benefit to be there as well. So that like, you know, local pollinator benefit. So it's like a fine line. It's, it's not, you know, difficult by any means, but it can get a little bit tricky finding, you know, the perfect fit for people. Um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're always suggesting for people up here um, just in terms of general landscaping to plant any native perennial species because obviously perennials grow back every year. So it's way easier to maintain than annuals. And we're always trying to suggest things that will attract, you know, all the natural wildlife in terms of bees and pollinators and all these things and keeping more natural gardens. And especially up in cottage country, you know, I'm not a huge fan of a manicured lawn up here because it just doesn't make sense to me. You're coming up to the wilderness and I feel like that these sorts of green roofs just like add even more to that, which I, I love the concept and I'd love to incorporate these into potential architectural designs, um, which is why I'm talking to you, obviously. Um, so I guess I had a few examples here that I saw on your website that I might just bring up because um, they were really interesting. Yeah. If you see on the screen here, I just have your website up here, Zinco. Yeah. yeah. Life on Roofs. Pretty cool. Hey, um, catchy. <laughs> so there was two that stood out to me. So I really liked this Ferndale Spa project. So I don't know exactly where that is, but um, where is this project? That's actually up in the Muskokas. Okay, I thought so. Because there's a Ferndale Road up here. Yeah. I don't know exactly where it is. I don't know yet, to be honest. And like we try to, you know, obviously this is a public business, so they probably want the um, notoriety. Uh, but oftentimes, especially in the residential mm -hmm. side, we don't want to give away people's addresses because it's not like, you know, of we want people rolling up to their doorstep and saying, hey, let me see your roof, you know? Uh, so we want to <laughs> try know. to 
maintain a bit of client anonymity. Um, but yeah, for this sure. is a, this is a very cool product project for sure. Mm-hmm. So can you talk? Do you know this project at all? This specific one? It was a bit before my time, but I can definitely okay. speak to it. Uh, it's yeah. a nice, yeah, it's a nice flagship project for us. So this is a pure sedum roof. Uh, so these are all those like little little baby succulents that I was talking about. Um, and this is a this is a very nice one. This is like a very classic Zinco system uh, that we would recommend for this type of build. So uh, this utilizes our um, we call it our FD twenty five or Flora Drain twenty five, and the number twenty five represents the amount of um, water retention it has. So it has 25 millimeters of water retention. Um, yeah. So it's kind of like a, if you can picture like a dimple board with a bit more engineering behind it. So if it rains, it's kind of like picture like a sponge, right? So if you have a sponge underneath a tap, it's going to retain a bunch of water. Uh, but as that sponge becomes fully saturated, then it's not going to retain any more water. It's just going to start releasing it, but releasing it at a bit of a, you know, trickled or a lower rate. So that's how kind of how you can picture a green roof. So there's a lot of, uh, I guess, engineered layers that go into it to try to maximize the efficiency of that sponge uh, and then make sure those plants are happy um, throughout, you know, maybe a prolonged period of drought or cold or, or et cetera. So um, yeah, you're basically, you're, that's basically what you're looking at. I guess my question too is what stage of the design process would you come in and would we work with you in terms of like the architecture and the drawings and the engineering? Super good question. So um, it, you know, as was probably most people would say, the earlier the better. Uh, and, there, you know, we don't need much consideration, but there's like a few small efficiencies that we could maybe add in to say, hey, if you're thinking about a green roof, even if you don't want to do it up front, I would probably do these things if I were you because it was going to make life a lot easier down the road. So when you're in, you know, sort of the conceptual stage, like, oh, I'm thinking about building this home you know, here are my ideas. If you're saying, you know, I think I want a flat roof in this area or you as a designer recommending a flat roof in an area, then as soon as you start to consider that, maybe the homeowner's thinking, oh, maybe, you know, green roofs are pretty cool. I heard about them. I saw this cool company called Zinco. What the heck are they all about? Like that's kind of when we'd want to get involved because there's, you know, prior to the construction is ideal. Uh, And again, we, you know, we'd have a few minor pointers, something like, you know, our green roof system is going to weigh this much. So if you can factor in an additional, you know, X amount of pounds per square foot, that's going to be super helpful for you down the road. And it's going to allow you to put whatever you want in terms of a plant pallet on your roof. Um, stuff like a little bit more technical, like a parapet, which isn't super technical, but, you know, like sort of a couple like small walls to kind of create like a bathtub, for lack of a better word, uh, on your roof is like super ideal. So there's a couple small things that, you know, we don't need, uh, it doesn't need to be too extensive, but it definitely it definitely helps me involved early. So my next question, I guess, then is the green roof can only be on a flat roof. Uh, absolutely not. Sorry, Katie, to shut you down like that. We 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 are down to go up to forty five degrees sloped. Um, yes, yeah, so we can go anywhere from zero degrees to forty five. Um, forty five. Okay. Yes, I don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure we have. What, it, I don't think it's the biggest sloped roof. In Ontario, but it's one of the biggest slope roofs in Ontario. We also have done that project. It's in um, Thorold near Brock University. Okay. Yeah. So how how does the system then work on us? So I've only ever I feel like I've only ever seen them really on a flat roof, like in a commercial setting on a rooftop. And I'm trying to picture what it looks like on a peaked, any sort of peaked roof. Oh, super good question. So maybe I should uh, look like at your you Think if you're gonna put. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay um you know the green roof 
intuitively wants to slide down the roof, right? So you have to have a bit more engineering behind that, uh, behind the, the slope system. Oh, that, uh, the Van Dusen one there at the top might be good. Or University of Guelph. There's a little uh, alumni shout out too. That's a nice slope screen roof. Okay. I see it now. The University of Guelph. We've got it up. The bike shelter. Yeah, exactly. A little uh, university shout out here. Uh, humble humble roots. Back to the roots. But yeah, so intuitively like you, you're looking at this and you want, you know, the green roof would realistically you want to slide off, right? And we use like growing media. So we're, we're putting like a highly engineered uh, substrate soil-like material on the roof. And you think, okay, if it rains or you get big winds, it wants to slide off. So there's a bit more engineering involved. We use something called a shear barrier, which is kind of like, um, you know, you basically make a mini wall or a mini barrier that the roof can brace itself on, on the slope. And depending on, you know, how big your slope is, how steep it is, uh, how much um, weight your green roof system is, the type of vegetation, all the, all these factors is going to dictate how you engineer that, how you put those, we call them shear barriers, in the roof to prevent it from sliding off. But really it's, um, you know, it's not too much different from flat to slope. There's not a huge amount of differences. Uh, definitely, I will say it's important to start the conversation. If you're thinking about a slope roof, start it early, uh, like an, in, involve a green roof company in the conversation early. It's going to help you out down the road, but it really is not too, uh, too dissimilar to the flat roof systems that you see. Okay. I'm I'm just having this like vision of um, snow accumulating on these green roofs over the winter. And I know (laughs) typically if you have like a steel roof or something, you know, you'd have the the snow barriers, which try to catch it over openings and, you know, the rest would just fall off the roof. How does it how does that work with with a green roof? These are these are phenomenal questions, Katie. Um, so yeah, you basically you will have some snow buildup, and we try to factor that into the design. So if you have like a steep slope and you're worried about you know snow falling or or what have you, you can put snow guards at the base of the roof. You can kind of see, and again, I, I realize this is a podcast, but uh, there's kind of like a, an edge. Um, you know, at the base of the slope, that's going to catch some of the snow, uh, and sort of the same sort of premise, um, you know, occurs like with a snow guard versus a you know, a green roof system. Um, but again, that's, that's why we want to be involved in the conversation a little bit earlier. Yeah. It's always best with literally any type of design for everybody to be involved as early as possible so that it's the most cohesive project ever <laughs> because yeah, you don't want to have to re-engineer anything, but speaking to that, um, how do you retrofit older buildings to be able to have green roofs like an existing building that if it doesn't have the engineering possible from the get go? Yeah. Good question. Yeah. Good question. Um, so there's a couple ways you could facilitate it. Uh, you definitely want a structural engineer involved uh, basically to say, okay, this is your weight capacity. Does it need to be shored up? Do we need to add additional joists, supports, what have you? Uh, that's really ideal. And then what's the current roof membrane? What's the waterproofing system looking like? Um, we've done a lot of, uh, like, you know, red, um, uh, sorry, re-roofs, retrofits in the past, and they're starting to become more and more common, especially on like older government buildings. There's a lot of initiative to push more green, uh, a lot of stuff in Toronto. And again, these big metropolitan areas, the adaptive reuse is something that we're really, really dialed into. Uh, so definitely conversation with the structural engineer is a great way to start. Say, hey, you know, what do I got to work with for a green new system? We're really fortunate in Canada that, you know, a lot of our buildings are over-engineered because we, you know, exist in such extreme uh, you know, seasonal variation. 
uh, from, you know, beautiful summers where it's baking hot and then, you know, these crazy winters where you get a ton of snow. So um, we exist in that space. We're fortunate that our buildings are often, you know, whether you realize it or not, you could probably facilitate a green roof on there. Uh, and then it's the membrane on top from there. So it's like, okay, what membrane are you working with? Uh, and again, it's it's all stuff that's super common. People are doing it anyways. Uh, it just helps to have that conversation early. And, you know, like, again, Zinco and I know a lot of other local green roof companies are always down to help out. If you have a quick question like, hey, you know, what am I thinking in terms of membrane here? If I want to facilitate a green roof, uh, that's something that we can easily recommend to you. Um, you know, what kind of, what am I thinking in terms of structural? That's something that we can definitely recommend. So, you know, we, we have done a lot of retrofits and we want to keep doing more. It's definitely a great way to preserve like old, really cool architecture uh, and then sort of marry it with like a nice sort of a new technology that, you know, restores some of that naturalized aesthetic to it. Mm-hmm. We definitely do a, a, a mix of new buildings up here as well as um, a lot of renovations. I, I, honestly prefer renovation so this is why I'm like how is this gonna work um because I just I prefer to not tear something down if it's um in pretty good condition and we can fix it up to make it kind of the client's dream but um yeah there's a lot of old 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 cottages up here built in like the eight late 1800s early 1900s that are just these beautiful historic marvels that I I'm just like oh this would be so cool if these cottages had green roofs on them as well or had some sort of um you know some sort of combination of that but um speaking to that I also on your Instagram here I'll just share this one as well so you can see what I'm talking about I noticed this might have been a while back so I don't know (laughs) when this was but um there's this one project from 2021 was posted this looks like it would have been a Muskoka cottage too so this one is kind of showing um, a cottage with a, a huge porch on the top. I don't think it's on the water. It's more of like a a cottage retreat in the forest, I would say. Yeah, I believe that's this is towards Collingwood. So not quite on Georgian Bay, but it's kind of that direction. Don't quote me on that one. The fun fact, so my colleague Jeremy, this is his very, his very first project that he sort of, you know, kind of, got him off the ground so this is like a you know there's an emotional attachment to this one for sure uh and the homeowner is super he has a, he had a great design in mind truthfully i looked at this i actually showed my partner this and i was like if we ever build a home this is how i want to do it um with this greener so it's funny you bring that up because i i love this build yeah i love this i love how they did it i think it's genius it's a great way to like incorporate usable space with green roof which is exactly yeah it's like having a garden on your upper deck that's okay i love i if obviously whoever's listening to this can't see it right now but if you head over to zinco's instagram it's zinco canada and if you scroll way down to 2021 you can see this project it's kind of like a black cottage black siding angled roof big uh deck on the upper level and it's got this like little zen garden and lots and lots of um obviously green roof vegetation on it and it looks just like the most inviting place to be and really brings nature up to that second level which i love yeah absolutely this is uh this is a great project for us like we you know we don't like to pick favorites of course because i you know i like every project but uh and this was before my time but this is definitely because it's you know our, our one of my you know, colleagues and dear friends. This is like his first project really got his feet wet in green roofing. This is like, this is a very good one for us. 
Yeah, it's pretty crazy how vast the difference between some of your commercial projects versus residential and you can really, you encapsulate kind of the whole scope of things, which is pretty sweet. Um, considering you you have like a commercial division versus a res- residential division. So um, yeah, have you done any more cottage country projects? Like more, have you done anything on the water? Uh, yes, actually, we have a cool one coming up. Uh, there's one in, again, don't quote me on this. There's one coming up in Muskoka. We're actually doing a boathouse. So we're, I think, and it might even get a little bit crazy, but I have to actually like boat in some of our materials, which would be super cool. But yeah, so we, we have done a lot on the water. We've done a lot in Collingwood, Muskoka, Kawartha Lakes. Uh, we do, do a lot of stuff there. The cool ones too, we have a couple, uh, which I think we've, we've potentially shared some of them. Uh, but obviously being, you know, there's a lot of water in Vancouver, the Island, we've done a couple of green roofs on Victoria Island. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're pretty, we're pretty accustomed to doing stuff near the water on the water, um, cottage like homes, uh, just, you know, homes on the water and actual cottages. So, um, yeah, definitely something, something that we're familiar with doing. Uh, and we've got a couple coming up that we're definitely keen to share with everybody for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Cause, um, a lot of our projects up here, um, you know, out on Georgian Bay, there's like the 30,000 islands and, you know, it's really hard to get materials out there sometimes. So that could be quite the challenge, but it seems like you guys are really up to do anything and try everything. So that's really awesome. Yeah, we, we're lucky that we, um, you know, the system that we supply, excuse me, and that we're passionate about and that we, we believe is sort of the, to the future, but it's a, it's a very good, it's called a built in place system. So a lot of the times I can fit everything you need in the back of a pickup truck bed to do a, like a small green roof on a shed, for example. So we're super, super efficient in terms of, you know, shipping things and logistics and all that. Uh, we like to sell, um, uh, like smaller plants. Like we're a big fan of what we call plugs. Uh, so it's like a, a plant that's been growing for three to four months, uh, in pretty ideal conditions, but when you put it on a roof, it's able to mature and exist. And, you know, it's, it's, it's fairly harsh environment, uh, you know, cause a green roof can be a pretty harsh environment, but it can sort of adapt to that space as opposed to growing like a larger plant or a lot of the time you see seeded mats is a very common way to do it. So it's almost like a roll of sod, but it's a bunch of these little baby sedums in this big roll. Uh, and those are grown on the ground for two years in like great conditions. And so they can kind of get shocked and, you know, you maybe don't get as much out of it. So, uh, you know, we're definitely fans of, you know, optimizing the, the freight, simplifying logistics and being able to customize how your green roof looks. Um, you just really summed it up really well there. That was really good. No, that's, that's amazing. And I guess like, I only have a few more questions, but one of them is, I guess the install time of things, because, you know, everyone's on a timeline and everyone <laughs> wants things done really quickly. So once the building, like what stage of the design do you actually install the roof? I guess would, what is it once everything else is complete with the build? Yeah. Ideally we want to be the last ones on there. Just, you know, when you're dealing with vegetation, you don't want to step on them. It's really that simple. Like you don't want to trample them. You want to give them their best uh, the best chance to survive. And if you're walking on them, it's not going to, it's not going to work out. So after the rest of your built, you know, you're flashing, uh, you're, you're roofing, you're waterproofing, your window, whatever, your skylights, whatever we'd want to be after them. So we're kind of the finisher. Uh, and it's, you know, we like to be that way. Cause it's like, you know, you're getting towards the end of the build, you're starting to see your vision come together. Uh, and then you get these plants on top of your roof and it really like sort of ties it in. So it's a nice experience for the homeowner. It's a nice experience for 
you know, a lot of people to see. Uh, and that's, that's where we want to fit in. It's sort of right at the end. And, you know, depending on the size, we can do, you know, small residential ones in a day, two days, three days, depending on the size. So, um, you know, obviously the larger commercial ones can take weeks, even months sometimes, but, um, you know, the residential ones are, I think my longest residential one since I started was maybe nine days, uh, eight days. So not, not a huge timeline. I'd say we're probably averaging about the three day mark, uh, you know, given time to clean up and, you know, assess logistics and everything like that. So we could be, we can, you know, meet a pretty tight timeline if we have to. Yeah, that's very reasonable timing. And I guess, do you guys all, so you only will do green roofs, but will you work with landscapers as well to kind of coordinate the greenery throughout the rest of the landscaping? Or do you kind of just keep to yourselves and just the green roofs? No, we would love to to deal with landscapers. Truthfully, we do work a lot with landscapers, especially on the, the commercial side. Um, we also do ground level landscaping ourselves. So we we supply a very um, engineered, highly specialized growing medium, we call it, but it's basically like a very over-engineered soil uh, that can meet some pretty stringent demands if need be. It's very lightweight. It's very free-draining. Uh, it's designed to support uh, these hardy perennials that are often native, it's designed to support your sedum. So um, we do a lot of planters. Uh, we do some ground-level stuff too. Like, you know, if you can visualize it, uh, when you get like a commercial build and there's a uh, below ground parking area any landscaping on top of that parking area is technically a green roof right because you're putting vegetation on top of you know some sort of infrastructure uh and so w- we'll work with them as well so we're we're happy to work with landscapers uh and we do often do that uh, and we want to continue to do that we're very we're very proud of you know the growing media that we we retail it's all 100 percent recycled material um and so yeah we we want to use it you know wherever possible uh, basically mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with that um, kind of mindset of working as a team because, you know, we can't work separately. Like I can't just do interior design and someone do architecture, someone do landscaping, someone do a green roof. Like we all have to kind of come at it together as a team to create the best product possible and both kind of all have the same mindset going into the project together. So I think that you guys working with landscapers makes total sense in in my perspective. So I really, I really value that. Um, a few more things I just wanted to touch on is, um, do you have any kind of sustainable tips otherwise, like in terms of building, like, do you see things that you recommend yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, there's always like small efficiencies you can do like this, you know, there's a big windows and doors push at some point a few years ago. Uh, you know, there's sort of a bit of an insulation switch to go for, you know, some more sustainable insulation because insulation can be pretty harsh in the environment. Um, the easiest thing I think you can do to really sort of bring some biodiversity back in your life uh, is if you have any sort of landscaping available to you uh, or any garden or green space available it's, you know, often these native perennials that are going to support your, your native pollinators are some of the lowest to maintain and they look great. Uh, and I would say, you know, do a bit of research, shoot me an email, whatever. I'm happy to recommend a few species and you can like put together a super nice plant palette, not super expensive. You can, you know, sort of give that direct benefit back. Um, yeah, I say, I, I, you know, I'm much more on the plant and organic and growing media side. I'm less so on the construction side. Um, you know, we do some urban agriculture stuff as well, right? So we're also, you know, sort of uh, playing around in that space uh, of which, you know, it's it's pretty it's pretty nice. A lot of people are sort of seeing the light saying, hey, okay, you know, it's nothing for, for me to grow my own herbs, to do some tomatoes, 
you know, kale is popping off right now. Very, very popular, right? And it's, it does not take much to grow kale. So, um, you know, those little efficiencies that you can do, they bring you joy and, you know, they help the bank account, you know, and that sort of stuff is nice, right? That's that's sort of my, you know, where, what I'm passionate about pushing in terms of, you know, improving your your home efficiencies or your, you know, sustainability goals or whatever it may be. Yeah, I think there's definitely small things you can do daily in your life that will really help throughout the year. And um, even (laughs) we have a cottage out on Georgian Bay as well, which has kind of sparked my whole interest with uh, being a cottage designer and sustainability. But um, we have a an old tin boat that we used to (laughs) use um, and it no longer worked and the engine stopped and basically we turned the old tin boat into a vegetable garden because out in out on Georgian Bay there's like no soil so my mom is a avid composter and we compost everything and we turn that into soil and the garden grows so so big in this boat just incredible because it's out on the point where there's all this sun and has all this nutrients and we grow like everything so many different types of lettuces kale every type of herb, um, so many tomatoes, squash, cucumbers. It's just, it's so um, soothing to the soul, first of all, to do. And um, yeah, it helps um, with the wallet a little bit because, you know, fresh produce is so expensive and especially if it's organic, like we don't use any sorts of pesticides or anything on it. So it's just, and it tastes so much better. (laughs) It's great. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think we'll probably wrap up shortly, but I just wanted to see if there was anything else you wanted to share about the company, about yourself, anything you'd like to say. Yeah, no, I appreciate, again, I appreciate you having me on Katie. I'm a, you know, a bit of fan of podcasts. I'm truthfully, I'm addicted to true crime, true crime podcast. Sorry. So yeah, of course. Yeah. Like that's what you got me into it. So, uh, you know, when you're like, Hey, you want to be on my podcast? I was like, heck yes. Sign me up for this thing. So, um, yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Let me, you know, talk and sort of push the, the green roof mindset. I just want to say, you know, reach out. Our Instagram's easy to find. We got contact information there. So if, you know, and we don't just do the green roof thing, right? If you just want recommendations on native plant species, it costs nothing for me to just say, Hey, this is what I would recommend for, you know, a plant palette. There's really, really small efficiencies you can do uh to you know brighten up your life and more naturalize your you know immediate surroundings so you know don't hesitate to reach out um but yeah 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 so okay i through my personally i'm uh, not a huge social media guy i think i'm on linkedin uh but that's probably business related uh but yeah visit the zinco canada instagram you know zanco canada uh we get lots of cool pictures on there you can reach out to there our website uh w.zinco.ca has lots of cool uh examples of projects we've done research we're currently involved in you know we've done we've most recently this past winter done some urban agriculture studies um and so trying to get more like you know sustainable in terms of uh these organic fertilizers stuff like that um so you know we're we're always up to something so check us out what we're doing and if you know maybe it tickles your fancy reach out and uh, you know ask us a question about it we're always we're happy to help uh and we're happy to you know facilitate any inquiries so um but yeah yeah there's i would say everyone you know such as yourself katie you know that's involved in the sustainability you know sphere is super keen to talk about it and keen to educate uh and so you know if you don't know what the heck you're doing uh reach out to someone and they'd be more than happy to you know give you some recommendations to talk about what they're doing talk about what you could be doing all that kind of stuff so yeah i just say don't hesitate whether it's me or you it doesn't matter whatever talk to talk to people yeah i'm really hoping um 
to kind of incorporate some sort of um, sustain- sustainability checklist with people that have existing cottages already and just kind of go through a list of things that they're potentially already doing, things they can do. And just, um, I think it is more, more so an education standpoint, you know, p- maybe people just don't realize what they're doing that might be harmful. And, you know, it, it, it could be part of our design process to help them be better and like, a multitude of ways so that's kind of what we're we're going with here <laughs> yeah absolutely i love that mindset you know it's it's small things right it's chucking some native seeds on the ground and forgetting about them you know you, you get a little native pollinator it's super simple stuff uh you know makes you feel good about yourself and it's good for the environment so and does not take much okay well thank you so so much for being a part of this and for speaking and answering all my questions i really really appreciate it and um yeah i'm just so excited and i hope we can work together soon yeah it was was my pleasure to be here and yeah definitely definitely we should you know this is a fun you know podcast thing but we should definitely talk professionally too katie it sounds like you got some a great mindset uh we're very aligned so yeah thanks again for having me this is a very cool podcast very cool idea so you know, I hope, uh, you know, hope a lot of people tune in and, and they reach out and you get some Me positive too. feedback. Yeah, Me that's too. awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, it's my pleasure. Just a note to say thank you so much to the King Family Bursary and the Georgian Bay Land Trust who have funded season two of Rewind Design. Thank you so, so much for listening to this week's episode. I so appreciate every single listener that tunes in, every single reader that reads the blog, rewinddesign.ca. The best thing you can do for me to support me in this journey is to either follow along on Spotify, Apple Music, or whichever platform you listen to, click that follow button. The second best thing you can do is share this podcast to your friends and family. If anyone you know might be interested, just forward this along to them and tell them to take a take a listen or take a peek at my website. And if you're interested in supporting me further, I also have a Patreon account where you can donate $5 a month to the podcast and a portion of that will also go to the Georgian Bay Land Trust and that is patreon.com slash rewind design. No pressure to do any of that. I'm just so happy if you're listening to this and if you love Cottage Country and Georgian Bay and Muskoka as much as I do. So thank you again so much and stay tuned for another episode in three weeks. Bye!